thankful for you today. There's uh, a story that goes back to uh, around the 1940s, the story of a, a young individual, a young man who was found often at a place of prayer at Wheaton College. And at that place of prayer, it was often uh, said that he could be heard praying this simple prayer that was this, Lord, I just want to win souls for you. And he would be known to pray that over and over and over again. And that was his plea that was not just privately prayed, but could be publicly heard. And that man's name was Billy Graham. And I think his life speaks for the prayer that he prayed. That he prayed, God, use me to win souls. And God, I believe, answered his prayer. There's something about when someone prays that their life and that their purposes be used for God's glory and honor. It was like the prayer that was given to Solomon, right? Solomon had a, a, a dream that he said, oh, whatever you ask for, Lord, help me. Give me wisdom to direct your people. And, and God made him wise. And there's something about when you and I say, I'm going to give myself for the purposes of God on earth. It's not about what I want. It's not about what my family wants for me. It's not about what my culture wants for me. It's about, Lord, what do you want to use my life for? And there's one thing that all of us have been called to do. All of us, every person here today, every, if you believe in Jesus, you've been called to this today. And it's going to come out of this scripture we're going to read this morning and talk about today in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30. That the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. He who wins souls is wise. This morning, I want to talk to you about soul winners, soul winners. The Bible teaches us in Matthew chapter 28, we read this uh, imperative direction that Jesus gives before he ascends into heaven. It's his words of final authority given to Jesus, or to the disciples, and it's words that uh, it's one of those things like, if you could say something before you were gone, what would you say? And it would be very important. And this was the same case with Jesus. He said something that was very important before he ascended. And it is words that you and I have to take to heart along with those Proverbs 1130 instructions. And it is the, what is called the Great Commission. It is what has been given to all of us disciples of Jesus to go into the world. And make disciples. And so Jesus said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Sometimes this has been mistaken as the great option for a believer. But it is called the great commission for a reason, because it is words of a command. 
and his words of authority that Jesus, as he states, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Now, as the one who has authority, I'm therefore dispatching you with my authority to go into all the earth and proclaim all that you know about me and tell the world about the wonderful thing that Jesus has done for us all. Dying on the cross, raising again, promising us new life in Jesus. And a soul winner understands the importance that I am on a mission. Every person here today, while our lives are here and what might seem like an average uh, lifespan that seems maybe long to some of us in the eyes of the Lord and the eyes of eternity, it's the Bible says is like a vapor. It's here and gone. And so we have to ask ourselves the questions of how am I living my life for the purpose of the Lord? What has God called me to do? with the purpose that I've been giving? And how is it affecting souls for the Lord? What you're going to see here today as we talk this morning is that a soul winner understands that they cannot save anybody, but they can talk about the one who can save somebody. And that is the purpose, as all of us here today, and our prayer, much like uh, Billy Graham prayed, God, we want to be soul winners. That if we really believe in eternity, and we really believe in the name of Jesus, why wouldn't we want to be soul winners? Why wouldn't we want to talk about the wonderful promise that there is in Jesus? A soul winner understands that what we are doing here today is not just a cultural exchange. It's something that we do, a religious observation to come and go to church and leave and our lives go on. But a soul winner understands that what is happening here today and what will happen the rest of this week is of utmost importance. That every second of my life matters. That not one moment is intended to be wasted. But how can I use my life to impact somebody else so that they might know Jesus? We're seeing all across our world people who are moving towards the Lord Jesus. Moves of people who are pressing through whatever situations they're in who are coming to Jesus. And it is the, the a sign of the times that Paul talks about to Timothy that in the last days, the people, they're going to be lovers of themselves. Their love is going to wax cold. There's going to be this waning in culture of a decline of immorality. But yet that doesn't change the promise that there is in Jesus, that Jesus still saves. And the wonderful good news is still the good news that it was 2,000 years ago. It is the only good news that has never become old news. It's still good for right now today. And it is the purpose which you and I have been given to go and help others understand. And so this is why Proverbs says, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. It's life flowing through them. I want you to get that picture. It's life flowing through us. And that he that wins souls is wise. The book of wisdom tells us that if we're going to win souls, we've got to be wise about it. We've got to have some wisdom. 
about how we go about winning souls. And there's lots of, of course, evangelistic strategies in modern day Christianity, and this isn't a knock on any of them, but the Bible tells us, is he that wins souls is wise. So we must first start by asking, Lord, what does that mean for my life? And how do I become a soul winner? How do I, how do we become a soul winning church that help people understand the beautiful reality that is in Jesus' new life. And so a few things we're going to talk about today, a soul winner, and it's going to come out of 2 Corinthians chapter 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 tells us this, verse 12. The early church is going about doing the work of God. Paul is going about preaching the gospel regardless of the cost to his own life. He's just going because it's good news. If it's good news, it's got to be told. And so he says, when I came to Troas to proclaim the good news of Christ, the door was open for me in the Lord. But my mind could not rest because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I said farewell to them and went on to Macedonia. Notice how uh, Paul, his, his strategy is about more about his personal life here. He said, well, I went to Troas, but I didn't stay there long, so I went to Macedonia. It's, his, it's, it's coming down to how he's living his own personal life. But he goes on and says, but thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in a triumphal procession. And this is important as we, I'm just going to pause here for a moment before we continue reading. But this is an important thing to understand about soul winning is that it is triumphal. And Paul understood that, that doors are opening. The gospel is being proclaimed. There is great resistance to preaching the gospel. There will, as long as you and I, or as long as the, this earth is still going on, there will always be resistance to the gospel. That's just the nature of doing, preaching good news and the, Satan trying to hinder the work of the church. That's just always the way it will be. But we know that it will not prevail. However, we also know that in Christ, he always leads us in triumphal procession. What does that mean? That means that the path that the Lord has for us as a church, as the church of Jesus Christ, is towards one of triumph. Triumph that may not be experienced here on earth, but will most certainly be experienced for all of eternity. And so he's marking it clear. Jesus is leading us, and he's not just leading us anywhere. He's leading us in victory. And he goes on and he says this. Through us spreads in every place the fragrance that comes from knowing him. For we are the aroma of Christ to uh, in, to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one group of fragrance from death to death, to the other of fragrance from life to life. And who is qualified for these things? For we are not peddlers of God's word like so many, but as persons of sincerity, as persons sent from God, we are speaking in Christ before God. You ever know somebody that has a a perfume or a cologne they wear, and you don't even have to be seeing them with your eyes, but you can just get a, a smell of it as you walk in a distance and you know, oh, I know so-and-so's close by because of that smell. And you know, the Bible teaches us in the similar way that we as believers have an aroma. And this aroma is not just any aroma. It's the aroma of life. It's the aroma of what somebody who is dead is looking for 
in their life. Now, how many of you know when you drive down the road and you pass roadkill, it does not smell nice? It's distasteful. It pushes you in the opposite way. It causes everything in you. Let me get away from that. I don't want to be around that. Uh, but the aroma of life, oh, I need that in my life. How do I find that? How do I discover that? How do I get that in my life? And this is what Paul is teaching them about soul winning. First, he shows us that soul winning, it's led by the Lord. It's directed by the, uh, the Lord. And this is the first thing we want to see here today, is that a soul winner understands that soul winning is done as it's directed by the Lord. He says to them, I came to Troas, I proclaimed the good news, and a door was opened for me. And while there are great strategies that we might be able to develop and prepare ourselves to be able to help preach the good news of Jesus, there is no better strategy and there is no better plan for evangelism than one that is empowered by the Holy Spirit. That one that starts in seeking the Lord and saying, God, how and where do I go and tell of the good news today? And you might discover that God, as you begin to pray that, God might say, I want you to get up and move and go to this place and you're going to live your life as a missionary. Or you might discover God says, get up and go and knock on your neighbor's door and said, hi, I brought you some cookies. Would you like to have some cookies and coffee with me? And it begins to become a wonderful relationship that might help somebody understand the Lord. Always we see throughout the early church this phrase, a door was opened. And as we are doing the work of the Lord, God knows the human heart better than anybody else. Is that not correct? God knows everybody's heart. And God knows where there is fertile ground that is ready to receive the good news and respond. And so therefore, it makes sense for us as soul winners, if we're going to be wise about how we win souls, to first start and say, Lord, where are you leading me today? How do I go about and tell somebody the good news today? Where is the open door that you would have for me? How do I go about walking through that open door? It first starts by seeking the direction of the Lord. And the wonderful thing is, is the Bible tells us in Revelation that any door that God opens, guess what? No man can shut it. That if there's a door that God opens for us to go and proclaim the wonders of Jesus, no man can shut it. No matter how much resistance that there will be. We have to follow the direction of the Lord in soul winning. The second thing we see here is this. And this is really one of very much importance. He says that we are the aroma of Christ to, to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one group of fragrance from death to death. A soul winner knows the value of just one soul. A soul winner doesn't go out about how can I win the multitude. A soul winner is wise and understands that people come to Jesus one by one. When, John, when Jesus was walking on the road with Nicodemus in John chapter 3, it was one soul, but it was an important soul. When Jesus was sitting at the well in John chapter 4 with the, the Samaritan woman, it was one soul. But you can go back and you can look at those one souls, how those one souls went and began to talk to other souls. 
And how those other souls began to experience the power of the gospel in their life. And those other souls began to go tell other souls. And so there was this spread. Have you ever discovered that it's hard to contain an aroma? If there's an aroma, it's hard to get rid of it, right? We go, we get Lysol, we get all the things we possibly can. But all that really does is mask the aroma until you truly get to the source. And that is the way that Paul is trying to get us to understand is that it spreads, it's, it, it goes, it, under, it flows. And a soul winner understands that if I can reach one soul, that soul is just as important to the Lord as a hundred souls. And God is not working in the economy of man that says how many. God is saying, but just go to the one. Just find the one sheep that is straight away. Leave the 99. Go find the one. That is God's heart. Is how can I win one soul? And the soul winner starts and understands the importance. Of if you value one soul, then you also know that Paul is using words here that are not just talking about people like in generic terms, like they're purposeless, they're meaningless. But he talks about terms that are severity. They're perishing. If you and I were driving down the road and we saw somebody, actually this was uh, happening recently in the news. I saw this, this, uh, this lady was driving down the road. And as she was driving down the road, she noticed that there was smoke coming from this house. And so as she, was, as she saw the smoke coming from this house, she just, out of curiosity, went, as many people do, and just drove by and said, what is going on over there? And she went to this house, and she noticed that there was no movement. But she saw a fire raging in the person, people's garage. And so you see her, they, they have it on the ring camera. They were able to capture this. This woman begins banging on their door just violently. Wake up, wake up, you have a fire. And this whole family, there was 13 people in this house. And this whole family was sound asleep, had not a clue. And this, whole, this woman was banging on the door loud, loud, loud. And finally the father came running down. What in the world is going on? And discovered this fire just blazing out of their garage. And this woman is accredited to saving that whole family of 13 people. When we see that someone is in danger and we don't act, what does that say about the condition of our soul? But when we see someone that is in danger and we do all that we can, to win and say, let me help you. Let me find a way to throw a life raft to you, to get you. A soul winner understands the value of one soul and what is at stake. That we're not just losing time in a church service. And we're not just losing another member in our congregation. It is a soul that is perishing. And in the grand picture of eternity, that if we really believe in eternity and we really believe in the heaven and hell, then we must also believe in the imperative mission of winning souls, that every soul is important. Not one does the Lord desire to perish. Not one. It is not God's will that any should perish, as a matter of fact. But every soul is important. And if that is the heart of God, that should be the heart of the followers of God that says, if it is God's will that any shouldn't perish, then how can I be about the mission to make sure that doesn't happen? We understand that what is at stake here is not just meaningless. It is life or death. And that is what Paul is talking about here. To the one, it's a fragrance from death to death. And to another, it's a fragrance from life to life. We want to rescue people. We want to bring people to know the Lord. We want people to experience his goodness and not that any should perish. If someone took the time to tell me the good news, who am I that I should not tell the good news to someone else? 
If they saw enough value in my soul, my life, my, my life that was wallowed in sin, who am I to withhold that good news from someone else? A soul winner knows the value of just one soul. And can I tell you the wonderful news about heavens and heaven's rewards? Is that if we go all of our life and we make it our mission to win souls, and God, by the grace of God, one soul comes to that person's life. Can I tell you something? The wonderful promise about Jesus is that there is still even a reward laid up for that person. Because you never know the impact of winning one soul to the Lord. One soul, one person. Oh, the guy who preached the sermon that won Billy Graham. Wonder how many souls really won. Secondly, we see this is that he says that a soul winner, or he says this, he leads us in triumphal procession through us spreads in every place. A soul winner, if we're going to be wise, a soul winner, a soul winner understands the importance of presence. Soul winner understands the importance of presence. And what does that mean? When you look at Jesus in the streets of Jerusalem, you see Jesus spending time with people. As a matter of fact, they made fun of him because he sat with sinners. He sat with tax collectors. He, he sat with those that were uh, detestable to society. But to him, it was being his presence with them that gave him the opportunity to open the door and have a conversation. And a soul winner understands that everywhere that I go, everywhere that I put my feet, I'm not just putting my feet in any place. I am the aroma of Christ. And every place, whether I'm walking through a gas station to pick up something really quick, or whether I'm going to preach a sermon, or whether I'm going to just drive down the road and no one's looking, the soul winner understands that every place I go, I'm the aroma of Christ. And if I'm the aroma of Christ, then I have to be mindful of every opportunity that is around me. Every moment is important. Every time, every chance to be with somebody is important. The two, the 30 second exchange you have with that same cashier you see every week at this grocery store, every week that is an opportunity to be the aroma of Christ. And it's not just the type of aroma you said, uh, you decide, well, let me just decide right now. I'm going to turn on the aroma of Christ. That's not the way it works. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you are the aroma. And whether you decide to or not, you are speaking. Your life is testifying of life. It's that wonderful thing that happens in a believer's life. It's like a mystery of sorts. When you start, you sit down beside somebody somewhere and you start talking and you just seem like, man, something is peculiar about this person. I feel like I know them. And you get talking in that conversation and you discover, guess what? They love Jesus. They've given their life to the Lord. And there's a connection that is made. Why? Because it's the aroma of life. It's the aroma of life. It's a kindred spirit. It's life speaking to life. It understands one another. And this is the way it is in the world that when you and I are going out and we are speaking in the world, we're walking through the streets of our cities and communities. We, everywhere we go, we are speaking life, whether we're using our words or not. The aroma of Christ is around us. And it is the, any moment God could provide an open door for us to say, but do you, how's your life with Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Have you, have you given your life to him? Or, or maybe it's just something simple like, man, how can I pray for you today? 
It's understanding that every opportunity is important. And every place I go, I, it is, presence is important. Presence is important. Thirdly, we see this. He says, through us spreads in every place the fragrance that comes from knowing him. Knowing him. A soul winner understands the fountain of life is in knowing Jesus. There is no evangelism apart from knowing Jesus. There is nobody coming to Jesus apart from knowing him. It is happening as we are being in the presence of the Lord. And we are building relationship with him. And we are learning to lean and trust on him. It is from there the fountain of life flows. In my own effort, I will always fall short. But through the grace that God gives, there is hope for the world. Always through believing that God has the best intention for people to come to know him. And that the best evangelism flows out of prayer. The best evangelism flows from reading the word of God and immersing ourselves in the presence of the Lord. The best moments of reaching people flow from building a real, raw relationship with Jesus. And if we want to be soul winners, the one of the first things you and I have to do is we have to know Jesus. If we're going to tell the world about Jesus, it would make sense that we would know him right first so that we could talk about him. And a soul winner understands that the fountain of life is in knowing Jesus. If you want someone to know life, you want them to experience the goodness of Jesus, go to the place of prayer. Lord, teach me about you. Help me to understand you. Let, let me, as I read your word, let it speak life to me that I can share somebody. You might even just discover that the scripture you were reading in that moment is intended to help that person you're going to talk to later that day. A soul winner understands that the fountain of life is in knowing Jesus. I want to be a soul winner. I don't want to see anybody perish. Nobody wants to see that, right? God, use our lives for his purposes and for his plans. As the musicians come, the Bible goes on to say, Paul says to, uh, in Corinthians, he says, who is qualified for these things? Oh, that's the question every believer asks themselves when they start thinking about how am I going to tell somebody about the good news? I'm not qualified. I, I don't have the training. I don't have all that is necessary. Who is qualified for these things? And he goes on to say, we are not peddlers of God's word. We're not charging a buck so that people can know Jesus. Be careful of anybody who ever does. But as persons of sincerity, as persons sent from God, we are speaking in Christ before God. A soul winner understands that I've been sent by Jesus. Jesus stood up before all the crowd and he told the disciples, he said, I'm sending you out into the world. Be innocent as doves and wise as serpents. And if we're going to win souls for Jesus, we have to understand that we are not just going in our own effort and our own strength, but we are going through the authority that Jesus has given us. And if Jesus said all heaven and authority is given unto me, and he says, now, therefore, go preach, proclaim. You and I have been entrusted 
as like a, like a prime minister or a president would hand somebody in a diplomatic position and say, I'm giving you this. You are the representative of our country. Now go and tell them what we have to say to them. In the same way, Jesus has authorized you and I as believers in the Lord Jesus, as children of God, to go and proclaim the good news. It's a proclamation, meaning that it is a message that is not my own. It's a message that I've been entrusted with to tell so that people can experience the wonderful name of Jesus. Listen, if you are here today because of somebody's prayer for you, we all have our stories. Somebody was praying for you and eventually someone along the way helped you understand the good news. Thank God for that person, right? Thank God somebody took time to share the good news with you and I. Now, how many other people God is calling us? Charlie, be a soul winner. Don't get caught up on yourself. I have to tell myself that. Lord, it's not about me. Stop. I get focused on myself. There are souls all around me. There's people. They need to know Jesus. It's of utmost importance. It's not just of anything. It's not just something happened. There's lots of important things that are happening in our world. But the most important work that is happening is people being led to Jesus. And that's the work God wants us to do. John chapter 6 says this, For the work of God is this, that you might believe. Would you stand with me this morning? Every eye closed today. Can we just agree today as a church? God, we want to be a soul winning church. It's not about the name on the sign. It's not about programs and budgets. It's about being soul winners, helping people to know Jesus. Can we just make it in our heart today a prayer? Lord, help us to never lose sight of the mission. While there are things that are happening in our world, chaos, wars, famines, rumors of wars, all of those things, may they serve as a reminder to us, go, preach the gospel, tell people about Jesus. And today, if you're here and you don't know the wonderful name of Jesus in your life, you haven't received and accepted the fact that Jesus died, not just for all of us, he died for you specifically. When he was on that cross, he had you in mind, thinking about you. And the blood that he shed was for you, so that you, you would not be held account for all of the sins in your life. Jesus took it for you. And not only that, he didn't just leave it there, but he went into a tomb that was sealed up, guarded. No one could touch his body. But then they came back and they found the stone has been moved away and Jesus is not here. Where did he go? And he proved to you and I that what is this penalty for all of us is death. He has conquered it. That he is not subject to death. And for every person who would believe in the Lord Jesus and call on his name, they are therefore also not subject to the penalty of death, but now receive the promise of eternal life that is in Jesus. God has that for you today. Call on me in the day of trouble and I will rescue you, says the Lord. You need Jesus in your life? Just call to him. He will never refuse anybody who calls him. Not once. Just call him. Jesus, we need you today. Lord, I need you.
Oh God, my life's a mess. The sins in my life, Lord, I'm sorry, Lord. All the things I've done, Lord, and turned my back on you, Lord, I come make it right. Forgive me, Lord. God, there's nothing I can do to work my way out of this. But Lord, today I look to you and I say, God, will you help me? Jesus, forgive me. Provide a way out for me today. And God's word is true. You call to him, he will rescue you. He will answer you. And for the rest of us today, we pray, Lord, help us to be soul winners. Help us to not lay aside and neglect the work of soul winning. But may we as a church give ourselves to say, Lord, lead us in the triumphal procession. Open doors for us. Help us to be wise. Help us to have relationships that would lead people to you. Help us to not contain the good news within, but help us to share the good news. Lord, make us a soul winning church. Make us a soul winning church. In your own way, just pray that to the Lord. God, make me a soul winner. Make me a soul winner. Lord, if only one soul comes through my life, it'll be worth it. God, help me to be a soul winner. Every person, it's not your will that any should perish. Lord. So God, if it's not your will, then Lord, use me. Use me to be a soul winner. Help me to tell the good news to somebody. Lord, help us today. This morning you need prayer. You want to receive Jesus in your life. You want your life to be used of God to be a soul winner. Would you just come to the front this morning? Can we just agree with you and pray with you today? We're going to be soul winners today. Lord, I'm going to give you my life. I'm going to give you my life. I'm going to give you all that I am today. pray this morning. Make us a soul-winning church, Lord. Help us to never lose sight of the fact, God, that you've called us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We pray, Lord, use us, Jesus. Use us to proclaim the mystery of the gospel that is Jesus died and rose again for us. Lord, we pray, use us, Jesus. God, we don't want to be known just for the things that mark us as people. Lord. We want to be known, God, as a soul-winning church. Lord, use us, Jesus. Use us today, Father. Use us, Jesus. Use us, Lord. Come on, if that's you and you would give yourself to be a soul-winner, just open up your heart to the Lord. Lord, use my life. Lord, I will go, I will do, I will say whatever you want, Lord. I want to bring people to know you, Jesus. I want to see people and experience your power in their lives. Lord, make me a soul winner. Jesus, we pray. Lord, make us wise. He that wins souls is wise. Lord, we pray, grant us wisdom to win souls, Lord. May we not do it in our own strength, but empowered by the Holy Spirit. We pray today, Lord, help us, Jesus. Help us today, Lord.